This to make it 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Tossed away. He's in. What a comeback. All right, welcome back to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. I'm Corey here with Max and Nick. So uh, the Saints have made their initial 53-man roster, uh, going down from 90 players on their preseason roster all the way down to 53. Uh, We are recording this on Wednesday, so they have made their practice squad additions. Uh, But I think the news of yesterday, Tuesday, was significant. there was a lot of expected keeps, even for some of the new guys, uh, but definitely was not without surprises, as the Saints always do. There's something in there that makes you either scratch your head, makes you question whether you know more than a coach or a GM, but nonetheless, they made their cuts. So, Max, uh, what were your thoughts and you know the standouts, surprises from what you saw? Let's talk about the 53 first. We can get to the practice squad later. Yeah, I think the uh, the biggest surprise was the special teams. You know, we've got a brand new kicker, brand new punter, both rookies. Yeah. One of them's a thirty year old rookie uh, with a pretty yep. crazy background story. But um, no, I love that they traded Lutz and got something for him. You know, we've talked about it before. All things being equal, it comes down to the money. Keep the cheaper guy at the kicker position, and uh, so it was the worst kept secret that Sean Payton was going to be sniffing around Will Lutz. <laughs> You know, it came yeah. to fruition. Um, the Gillikin thing was a little surprising. I didn't think they would uh, pull the trigger on getting him out of the building. But uh, I think the Saints special teams coordinator, he was uh, talking about Headley. And it was in an interview today, I believe, that got posted on Twitter. And he was talking about yeah. how the unique way, you know, he punched the ball, the whole rugby background and all that, you know, that played a part in why they wanted to keep him over Gillikin. So. Yeah, I listened to that same interview. There was some really interesting tidbits that I'm not sure I necessarily even knew that I would have wanted to know about special teams and like kicking technique <laughs> that Darren Rizzi, the special teams coordinator went into, but pretty eye-opening. He also mentioned a couple things uh, since we're on topic of the kickers, a uh, groupie. He was talking about uh, he's got short, short stature, but his, he's like, yeah, he's got a hell of a backswing. Basically like when he brings his leg back, it just generates so much power. Uh, you know, I know that coach wasn't necessarily worried about the salary cap and it just makes you wonder now we know it came into play of course, but it was interesting hearing him provide some kind of seemingly technical reasons as to, you know, that factored into groupie overloads. I don't, you know, let's also, yeah. as far as the Gillikin thing, he didn't do himself any favors, even in the last preseason game either. I think when we talked last week, we thought he would hang on to it. He looked pretty bad, especially in the first quarter or first half. He left that door open clearly. And I think the cost cutting that Max was talking about from, you know, trading Lutz, we saw that elsewhere too. I think that's generally the impetus behind the Roby cut was give a younger guy, you know, we feel pretty solid with our top three. He's a luxury. We're going to save some, I think it was 3 million plus there as well which gives us quite a bit of money if there's anyone out there they're looking at. Um, you know, I know that a lot of names have, 
have signed, but there's still some people out there that could help a team for sure. So um, I'm curious to see what happens here before the first games, as far as that goes. Um, you know, you see the running backs, all the, the Tony Jones news and, and that, and then Kareem Hunt being here. I'm wondering if there's something playing there with the the minor injuries we have and them putting Merriweather down on the practice squad. Obviously, they could call him right back up, but I'm wondering if there's a move there, and I'm still hoping, wondering if there's a move at edge edge rusher somewhere. Uh, that, that'd be something I'd like to see more depth than we have right now. Um, you know, We've seen some of those names go away, but there's a couple people out there that could help us, I think. Yeah, well, don't talk to Cam Jordan about being an edge rusher. He is a defensive end, very clear in his, t- in his tweets. But uh, I'm sorry, yeah. X's. Uh, what you got, Max? You had some? Yeah, Nick brought up a good point about the running back situation. You know, right now with Kamara, he's not allowed in the building for the next three weeks. You know, we have Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, Kirk Merritt, who just recently moved to running back from wide receiver, and he's also been nursing an injury for the past two weeks. So, like Nick said, I would not be surprised if there's a move that's coming this week or next week before the game. You know, could we do have the bye week this weekend? Um, you know, as we've touched on, this is not the final 53. Right. There's still there's still plenty of moves that could happen between now, now and uh, week one. You know, the offensive line situation, I wouldn't be surprised to see him add another offensive lineman. You know, our second and third stringers were not at all impressive in the preseason. No. And you saw that when they pretty much cleaned house of those guys. You know, yeah, Throckmorton, I was a little surprised Throckmorton was cut, you know, given that he's such a versatile player. He could play tackle, guard, or center. Um, but, yeah, that just shows you they, they really did not perform well in the preseason. So I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in another offensive lineman. Let's talk about that real quick. Is Andrews Pete the most expensive backup guard in NFL history? <laughs> he's, he's up there, man. He might be. At, at this point, it's kind of like he's just a – whether he's a backup or even if he was a third stringer, It's it comes – for me, it's – like a sunk cost almost it's kind of like we're paying him what we're paying him the question is is he going to provide your best level of protection at left guard what protection or run block and if the answer is no then you know i i would i at least appreciate that we're willing to be an nfl team because you hear about this in the nfl that uh draft picks play over udfas just because sometimes like some coaches have this loyalty thing worked in some GMs, you got Jerry Jones saying, you know, we're paying this guy, get him in there. And and I appreciate that we're willing to say, no, nah, no, nah, uh, Hurst is outplaying you. We're going to put him in. Now, does that mean that Hurst outplaying Pete is a great thing? Not necessarily, but I, I don't know. His salary to me is a wash at this point. Yeah, but what it says to me, just seeing how they've acted in the last week here, it would tell me that no one's even willing to take his contract. Um, you yeah, that's if, not a good – yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if they would probably just to dump that contract, give him away because he's yeah. uncuttable. They'd give him away for a seventh just to get him off the books. Um, it would have been pretty incredible if uh, in the same round of roster cuts, Pete and Lutz both got traded for the same draft pick. Uh, <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> you know, but we weren't so lucky, it turns out. Um, well, I'll say this about the offensive <laughs> line situation and Pete in particular. I think it's a matter of time before Nick Saldaveri is the starting left guard. 
You know, okay. it is, it's to me, it's imminent. Now, not in the first half of the season. I think it's more of the, uh, I guess it was Teron Armstead who got in late in his rookie year. I think it's one of those situations where we get to like week 11, 12, 13, and Saldaveri at that point has, you know, gotten the reps in practice and has shown that he's capable, and the coaching yeah. staff goes ahead and puts him in. Because I think Hurst and Pete, it's a matter of time before both of them get hurt. Well, I was going to say, they'll be injured by that point. So who they'll be injured, so. It or not. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think they want him to. You know, there's a reason they picked him in the, uh, I think it was the fourth round pick this year. And, you know, they obviously saw something in him. Um, that pick got rave reviews initially. You know, there was word leaked out that there were so many offensive line coach around the league that wanted Saldaveri. And most of us had never heard of him. Right. You know what I mean? Coming from uh, Old Dominion, I think it was. And it's Idaho. Just, <laughs> not not Kate knows his alma mater, but uh, yeah, I think it was I, Old Dominion. It's like nobody, nobody, no casual football watcher or even rabid SEC watcher had any clue who this guy was. Yeah, and and if anybody did, if any, if you're watching a draft, you know, like we were uh, at Adam and Michael and Daniel and all those guys in for the meetup. If any one of us was sitting around the table. And was like, you know who I really want in this draft or in this round? Man, that's Sal DeVere kid out of Old Dominion. Like, let's get him. <laughs> I well, think if I anybody said that, you were, we'd have been like, what? I was hoping you were going to claim him. Like, I, I figured you were going to go ahead and uh, get out there on the uh, on the mountain you like to be on and go ahead and say you knew about him. I'd You've be been lying. him since he was a sophomore in high school. I'd be lying if, if that thought did not very poignantly cross my mind just now. <laughs> um but I, I, I feel like I have to kind of limit myself. You know, I think I claimed, but somebody else I claimed. Uh, it was hilarious because a couple episodes ago, and y'all, you and Nick were just riffing so and so, so and so, and all it took was me just jumping in and saying, "My guy," and, you, and y'all just like froze, like, "Oh come on, not him too." John Trey. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I did go out on a limb. Uh, Max says that's conservative. But uh, putting John Trey on the 53. Now, he's not on my initial 53, but he could be on the week one 53 because we don't know what's happening with Traquan. So, that, uh, I don't think I don't think Traquan's going on IR. Like that's, that was going to be something I wanted to ask you all about because, all right, when we did our 53 man roster projection episode, uh, we did, you know, we it was the first annual, the inaugural Corey's Final Cuts hashtag. Uh, I believe it's. A trademark, maybe not legally yet, but um, we went through and like I said, I felt the need to make some kind of bold and or weird twist type of move. And so the one I went with was them putting John Trey on the 53, but in order to clear room for that, because I don't disagree with everyone that Traquan is just the turd that won't flush and the cockroach that won't die, but in order to clear room for John Trey to get on there, was putting Traquan on the IR, at least the four week, you know, which would have required him to te- technically make the team then go on IR. But I found it interesting that when we did that episode, and I mentioned IR, y'all, this isn't a told you anything, but the IR movement for Traquan has since picked up steam since we've mentioned that on our episode. I'm not saying everybody's listening. That's no, I'm not saying that, but. When we first mentioned it, it was like, nah, no, no, he's they even Traquan they wouldn't put on IR. Now it's being talked about like you know fully consumed by all outlets that it's a possibility just because we haven't heard from it in three weeks. It's just it's surprising that it 
if it was going to happen, I would think it would have happened already. Well, you know what I mean? And, and then like they bring Jalen Smith back up or some other corresponding move. It's just, I don't see it happening since it hasn't happened. So on the top, since we're on the topic of the roster and this is kind of like our re- roster recap. And also, you know, we can compare what we had last episode versus what came down on Tuesday, but there's two adjustments to the initial roster that I'm still thinking are going to come through and whether or not John Trey, let's just say Traquan does go on IR. So today would have been today at 3 p.m. our time, I believe it is, maybe 2 p.m. Central, whatever, was there as soon as that they could actually put someone on the IR without him being out for the entire year. So if they if they had put him on the IR before 2 p.m. Central today, he would have been out for the season. So 2 p.m. today was the first they could put him on that four-week IR. So I was actually flipping through, refreshing the feed, hoping that that news was going to come down today. It's like, please just do it. Just do it. At least we got some good news with the Jalon Smith news. But that's the other adjustment I think is coming down. When they're going to do it, who knows? Because it's not really an urgent need to do it. But I think I think you see before the Titans game, I think you see DeMarco Jackson go to waivers, clear it, go to practice squad, Jalon elevated uh, to the 53 before – he has to, he has to be in the lineup for week one, in my opinion. Yeah, but they can they can just elevate him. But they have to make a corresponding move because Demarco's on the roster. Right, now. right. But it's uh, I don't I don't think Demarco is going to get I don't think he's going to get cut, man. Like they value his special teams. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, he's a he's a young, promising linebacker. You're not that just that could him. be it. But I mean, if you elevate J- Jalen and don't have any corresponding move at the linebacker position, then you've you're carrying six active into but week it, it one. It doesn't have to well, be a linebacker. It doesn't have to be a linebacker. Yeah. I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, if you if it's not at the linebacker position, then you're going to have six linebackers on your roster in week one. Maybe they're okay with that. Well, it could it could be somebody like a Keith Kirkwood. You know what I mean? Like he's he's going to clear waivers. <clears throat> no one's going to claim him. You know, that's the that's the candidate you're looking at if they're going to do a move like that. You're not going to put someone who's in their second year, you know, former fourth or fifth round pick like DeMarco Jackson, who has shown promise. Um, he just needs a little more seasoning. They're not going to expose him to waivers. You're going to put someone like a Keith Kirkwood who's been around six years or so, and really nobody else values him like we do. So that's the kind of person you could kind of slip through to the practice squad. Yeah. But I'm glad you brought up your uh, your Corey's cuts. Why don't we go down that list and see where, uh, where we hit and miss? Yeah. Uh, Let's just go by position, I think, is the easiest. Yeah, so QB got those. Uh, My first, you know, well, I only had one edition. I was going to say my first edition, but I put Daryl Williams on there, even with the Camaro suspension. That was, you know, that was wrong. Uh, Uh, We got to give Nick the win on running back, because he's the one who brought up Kirk Merritt. He called that out. You know, I thought it would be Merriweather. You thought it was going to be Daryl Williams, and And he said Merritt. So, yeah. Yep. And so... I said they're keeping Prentice no matter what they did. Um, mm-hmm. Tight ends was easy. We're right on that. Thanks, Sean Payton, for picking up the crawl. Um, wide receiver, uh, you know, I, I made my bold stand with Kirkland. Still yet to be seen. But on the initial 53, y'all, you, uh, were we you right this, on right? that? We, we had this. You, we, you missed this one, Corey. I was the only one that didn't want to put Traquan on the active 53, y'all. Yeah, y'all. So that was easy. We, we got the, you got the yeah. six there. Um, <clears throat> now, O-line's where it got surprising because you had your six, which we've talked about, your starting five from last year, Hurst, and then 
uh, on my on the CFC, I went with Saldaberry. That was a check. Young, that was a check. And then Throckmorton was one of the surprises of the day. Um, yeah, and honestly, we all agreed, we agreed on the offensive yeah. linemen. Yeah, so we all missed on Garcia and Throckmorton. Yeah, now one guy – now I had them com- completely cutting two of the offensive linemen that they put on the practice squad, that being uh, Kramer and uh, Mark Evans the second. I, I, I just didn't see – Yeah, but that, we're not going to worry about the practice squad. It is we'll just it worry is. about the – Yeah, yeah and yeah, then the uh, let's see. The five defensive ends, that was easy. Jordan Granderson-Turner, yeah. passing you on. Foskey, uh, DL, that was Chalk, Sanders, Shepard, Breezy, Breezy, fuck, Roach, linebacker. Okay, so this is where it's it's a little. I think we did we agree on the five because we had well, we all had Jalen no. for sure. We had Davis, yeah, Warner, we all missed on that one. Vaughn, Jalen, and Sewell. Yeah, I think it was a curveball by them cutting Smith, but maybe we just didn't think it through enough that, like you mentioned, Max, with the guaranteed contract issue. Um, I think this is the five they carry into week one. What we just talked about was they could carry the five they kept plus Jalen, so you'd have six linebackers going into week one. Yet to be seen, but we're one off, one and a half off there, we'll call it. <laughs> let me let me say this. I, I think Jalen Smith after week one is absolutely going to be signed to the roster. I think it's a matter of the guaranteed contract, like I mentioned before. That's all it is. It's like the practice. With his history, his history of injuries, yeah. they wanted to just say, you know what, let's get through week one. We'll get him on the uh, back on the contract for week two. He's on the practice squad slash full-time contract negotiation waiting room at right. this point. Exactly. Uh, okay, so that, then we go to corner. I mean, this look to me, this was surprising. I think the surprise of the day, I think it counts as a corner. The nickel Roby uh, being fully released. The more people talked yeah, about, we it, all missed that. We yeah, all missed that. We missed it. Uh, if you would have told me uh, when we recorded this, the last episode on, uh, last, I think it was last week, whatever it was, that the four would not be what we had, but it would be. Lattimore, Debo, Taylor, be like, yeah, of course, those three. Yadam. <laughs> that uh, Yadam is number four. And it's kind of, to me, I'm like, uh, look, there's got scouts for a reason, I guess. But that was a surprise to me. You know what? It, we should have seen it coming, much like the Kirkwood, because I think Underhill, Triplett, all those guys have been talking Yadam up the entire training camp. And saying this dude is he's, he's flashing, he's got a real chance of making the roster. Do not be surprised if he makes the roster. Yeah, and he made the roster. It was the same conversation people were having about Kirkwood. You know, it's like the casual fan or or us. I mean, it's like we don't we didn't expect Kirkwood when we signed Kirkwood. I'm like, oh, he's a camp body. He's the eighth or ninth receiver going into camp. He'll be off the team in no time. You know, same thing with Yadam. It's like, oh, this guy's you know he's the eighth or ninth cornerback. No way he makes the team. Well, and they both made the team. Kirkwood did flash, though, when... No, he didn't. Kirkwood he had, like, playing. five drops in his two games last year. He's terrible. Oh, last year, but, I mean, like, his first preseason, it was one of those... Uh, who's the other guy we talked Manuel Butler? Was it one of those situations? You know? Yeah. Uh, look, Kirkwood That was, like, five years ago, dude. That was, like, five years ago. Kirkwood didn't make the team to catch the ball. Let's be honest. Yeah. He made the team. Uh, they've got so many <clears throat> options. 
catching the ball this year with the tight ends and the receivers. He's there to block and be in on some of those downs. And, and, uh, you know, Mickey Loomis is determined to have generations of Traquan Smith. I mean, our (laughs) kids, kids are going to be talking about how they can't believe Kirkwood just retired or some shit like that. And, and then the next guy's going to come in and, and maybe not that far in the future, but you get, you get my point. Um, all right, so we can move on to safety. All right, this one. All right, let me let me interject here. So safety is where we really we should have grouped it all together because you got a couple of guys that can play corner and safety. Yeah. Uh, one of which is the one I told y'all was going to make the team, Ugo Amadi, because he can play corner and safety. So y'all were both off on that. You can take your credit on Amadi. Uh, I encourage you to. I already went on record with y'all on our group text that if Kirkwin did make the fifty-three, I would gladly take undue amounts of credit for making that pick. It did not come to fruition. Yours did, but more of a sound selection there, I would say, Max. So you'll also miss on Smoke Monday. And yep. I know Corey had Jonathan Abram on there, and I think Nick agreed with him on that. So I had, safety was a big swinging point. Well, I think the Abram thing could work out exactly as I put he's it on, this year. on the 53. I no, asked he's going to play for us, but he's not on the initial 53, which is what we were talking about. Well, I had Abram on here as a during May's suspension. So the asterisk next to May and the asterisk next to Abram on the, in, in to our listeners, you can find this on, on the Twitter slash X, but so it's on, Abram comes into the, the group of six safeties. If May is not playing. So right now yeah, but that's still, he's checks not, out. he is not exactly, but he is not suspended yet. Is he right? So no. that's why there's an asterisk. Yeah. He so, did say that he said, if he gets suspended and I thought Abram would make it, um, Monday, I don't know if Corey was that committal. I said he had a chance. I didn't say he was making No, I said y'all, I was, y'all, were, y'all were both jumping on me about Monday, and I love Monday. I've been on uh, Monday before. You need to go you listen know. again. I think uh, he, Nick, you, you were very we were coming off game two. I said he played great. I did. I said he played great in game two, and then that he has a chance to make the team. Um, you were talking about, about Monday like it was Sunday, dude. Like you were anticipating – that guy, like you, you were like, I can't. Oh, mean, I loved him. I yeah. loved him in college. But uh, I, 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 look, I I'll say, I didn't see it on the, I didn't see him making the team. I definitely, I said he was making the 53. I really thought he was. Yeah. The fact that he didn't even make the practice squad is just nuts. I mean, I, I don't know. He, he was pretty bad in the last game. I'll be honest with you. He was awful. He I didn't even on that see him at the goal I, line. He whiffed on another one in the flat. I mean, whiffed. It was bad. Yeah. I, I didn't think he was good in the first game. The second game, he had a good game. But I but the first and the third game, he didn't look good. And let's be so, honest. I mean, I had the thought. It was too hard to convey over our, our text message. But the reality is, if Smoke Monday's name was Mike Smith, exactly, I don't think we're having this conversation. <laughs> you know, like if, if a guy with a name, his name's so damn cool. And that's part of the, I mean, look, the league, it is what it is. It's still more than half it's 90 percent entertainment 10 percent sport and so when a, a guy who's before he says anything in any press conference is going live on his instagram filming the georgia dome talking shit about the falcons and his name is smoke monday like everyone wanted him to be the starting safety at that exact moment like just get in there bust some heads and then it looked like he was doing pretty well in training camp then he gets hurt so everybody's rooting for him for a bunch of different reasons, I think if you poll 80% of Saints fans, the reasons they're rooting for him, 
They probably have a hard time giving you factual football reasons why they were. So, you know, I hate to say it, but yeah, it, it probably makes sense. We were clouded by the smoke. You know what, though? Got nothing I, I, on that? I, I thought that was good. I thought that was a good one. We're clouded by the... <laughs> yeah. I, well, the look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he finds his way onto the practice squad over the next couple of weeks. Because keep in mind, with the practice squad rules now, you can elevate a player to the game day roster, I think it's three times, and then you can't do it again. The only so thing you're gonna, I haven't seen... You're going you're to have a situation at some point where... You know, the guys we elevate, the eligibility runs out, and they're going to move on from the practice squad and they'll go somewhere else. And I think Smoke, if he doesn't catch on with another team, I wouldn't be surprised if by week five, six, seven, he finds his way back onto the practice squad. I guess there's no rule about how many times you can be waived and brought back on. No, it's the, uh, uh, the, the Andy Tanner the Andy Tanner rule, dude. You can do it a million times. Yeah. You don't remember okay. that? So, vaguely. I, that- I just remember one of them, it might have been Underhill, he was tracking it. It was like the dude had been cut and re-signed to the practice squad like 40 times, something crazy over like three years. Dude's like brushing his teeth. Cut? Yep. Okay, great. Yeah. Take, taking a shit. Signed? Great. Yep. That's so, funny. There's, there's no limit. You can you can do it as much as you want. Yeah, so maybe, hey, maybe Smoke Monday's the next Andy Tanner. And look, the other thing to think about, he's still coming off that big injury. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, like maybe he, need, he needs a little bit more time to get back to uh, 100%. Yeah, he might not be 100%. Um, so we were right about Lonnie Johnson. JT Gray's obvious. Um, starters from last year, May Matthew. Um, the kicker's hmm. partners, obviously, we were all off. <laughs> okay, so. Well, everyone this, did say, you know, Groupie had a shot if Peyton was interested that they would take the money. We all yeah. said that, and that had, did happen. Uh, I think we were That's all true. blindsided by the punter. I don't know about blindsided. I mean, I think we saw – everyone obviously saw the possibility, but we just – I think we're so used to the Saints, you know, doing the safe thing or going with the the known commodity versus the, the new slash risky move that – I mean, with Butts, you had the contract situation, so we, we right, saw the, I mean. the literal dollars and cents on that one. But with Headley, but it was kind of like... a performance that merited, like, really giving him a shot? He didn't, like, excel, let's be honest. Lutz. We talk about Lutz or Headley? No, Headley. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think, you know, I'm not putting everything... Well, I don't know if Rizzi today in his press conference talked so much about why heavily was over Gilligan, but I think it comes down to that whole idea that, you know, us as fans, we can only see so much that is really the kicker, no pun intended, for uh why one kicker punter makes it over another. And I think with Headley, you know, someone mentioned that that there's so many different factors and optics they look at, but Headley could put the ball where they wanted it. I mean it was like he might not Put it this way. Rizzi said it's all about the net. Like He said this in the press conference straight up. He's like, it's about net average. And there's a bunch of different ways to get a large net average. You could be a guy that punts the shit out of the ball. He didn't say that exactly. But you go 70 yards with your punt in the air. But if it gets returned for 30, that's a 40 net average. Or you'd be a guy who punts it 40 with the right amount of hang time, and there's no return. Both ways are the net average. So I think whatever it is in Headley tells me that He's getting. He's more likely to get the net 
punt average they want. I'm just saying that's something they must have seen in practice because we did not see it. Like you kind of, I didn't see it in the game. Yeah. I think you give the nod to the previous starter going in and someone's got to take their job. We didn't see him take the job. So it must be something they were seeing in the practice field that, that was, that separated them because it was hard to see that in what we saw in the preseason. Yeah. And Um, I think punter, but let's not forget that both Lutz was poor last year. And Gilligan was poor last year, especially in big spots. They were both pretty bad. So we can't yeah. be too surprised, I guess. And it, when it comes down to like keeping the the veteran who's got skins on the wall or who has enough prior snaps, I think that's when kicker and punter become totally different animals. You know, my reasons for thinking, I mean, I think after the uh, Texans game, seeing how well Groupie did, it made sense that the Saints would go with Groupie over Lutz. But I still felt uneasy when I'm thinking, you know, pound for pound, if it's a one-to-one, do you want the guy who's made kicks in pressure situations before, or do you want the rookie? I mean, at least with the kicker spot, whole other level of nerves come in about being there before, pressure situations, whereas punter, you can go with the incumbent guy, but it won't be for the same reasons. Uh, That's why I would have been okay I mean, I'm okay with what we did, but those were considerations to me. I think with Headley, it's skill. You know what? I think we need to – I want to go back and listen to our post-draft episode. I think it was the one where we were talking about the uh, undrafted free agents. Because if I remember correctly, yeah, I want to say I was like, we got to get rid of Lutz, Gillikin too. I want Headley and Groupie as my kicker. You did bring it up. out of my ass. Yeah, I remember bringing it up. And this is – look. I'm not going to say I was in on these two guys like Corey was on Caden Ellis. But, no, you were saying uh, I, no, I just want something different. I was, talk, I was, I was talking nobody, out of my ass. Nobody goes that I, deep, Max. I was talking out of my <laughs> ass because I wanted I wanted Lutz and his salary off of the team, and I wanted Gilligan yeah. off of the team. So, hey, you, And I do – look, I remember Lou Headley when he got to Miami because, I, yeah. you know, the biggest thing was he wore number 94 at Miami because he was a big fan of the Rock. Yep. So I'm like, all right, this guy's cool. And I read his story, you know, owned a tattoo shop, you know, was uh, scaffolding, sold his tattoo shop to move to America. I mean, the guy's story is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, so shout I, I out kinda, to, to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, longtime listener of the pod. Um, I actually don't <laughs> know that. Um, but uh, I, I do. He does not. Um, but uh, he tweeted out to Headley, like, today, yesterday. He gave him a congrats. Today, I think, yeah. Tweet. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, but you you did you you. I'm not gonna say you quote called it, but you you put it into the universe. I I, I tried to manifest it back in April or May, I guess it was. <laughs> yeah, and you it, did. And look, it you happened. Did. So it, it kind of hey, it worked. So now I just need to manifest the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, dude, you should manifest the shit out of that if if it worked on uh, the guy with the neck tats and the rocks number from Miami. But I will say this: and people are right about this with the new kickers. The second they hit a bad one, dude, the second they miss, a, I mean, if if Groupie's got a kick and we're down by two with time expiring and that shit doesn't go in, it's not going to be fun. If, if, yeah, we'll hear if, 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 a genius. Where if, he if, Headley sh- <laughs> if Headley shanks it when we need to pin him back and, and it's uh, Trevor Lawrence on the other side and we're trying to keep him from going down the field in two minutes – and heavily shanks it instead. That's it's not going to be fun. And that's look. That's the risk. Uh, Deuce McAllister actually said it 
on the radio this afternoon. He was talking with uh, Bobby, Mike Detilia, and uh, he said, if I'm DA and my back's against the wall, I'm going to go with the guy who has the experience. I'm going to go with the guy who I can say has been there before because but he failed last year. And if, Let's be honest. Yeah. And he did. And that's the thing. I'm not saying I agreed with Deuce, but he brings up an interesting point because, you know, when Sean Payton did it in the prime of his career, it's one thing. You know, he had the he had the the leash, the ability to say, Yeah, there was this kid kicking at Georgia State that just started its football program and I I'm gonna cut everybody in the building and bring this kid in. Peyton, wait, could, do, Peyton could do that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, no. That that's a little revisionist history, because if you remember our kicker was situation was well, oh, our kicker oh, situation no. was heinous. I'm not saying it heinous wasn't leading up until nuts. I'm not saying it wasn't, but the fact that he brought in a rookie who had not yet been in the building, who was kicking for a, a a commuter school in Atlanta instead of like someone who had at least kicked in an NFL game before, Peyton could do that. If if Dennis Allen is at least picking a kicker who has kicked at a major university, uh, who passed the eye test in preseason, uh, but yeah, I, I don't want to talk about kickers too much more, but I, it, it'll be interesting. He, Hopefully no, he doesn't I, miss any big ones. I one. get Deuce's point, but I think we all have to acknowledge Lutz has been in decline for us the last couple seasons he's played. Yeah, no it's, doubt. It, it's not the same guy. And last year especially, I mean, last game of the season, a great example, missing the field goal. We had held them to, what, 80 yards? They go down, get a drive, beat us. I mean, he had a lot of big kicks that weren't great. And then he had, you know, in London, he could have had the best kicking game in the history of the NFL if that <laughs> one doesn't hit the, you know. And yeah. It made two sixty yarders in a single game would have been insane. So you you definitely see the talent still there, but the performance just hasn't been the last couple of years. And yeah, I think it can, makes sense for the money. I think a psychologist could probably do a study on the minds of kickers. There's got to be some kind of bell curve where because one thing I do like about Groupie, he's he's young enough not to give a shit, right? Like hopefully he gives him that fearless mentality. There's a seems to be a point where you see like uh who who is the was it crosby that missed some yep. season kicker yep. missed a few like years ago. a bunch 12. of kicks in a game yeah. and you see some of these kickers that have been around for forever that seem to get mentally rattled it's almost like those guys have been around too long and maybe lutz is going in that direction like he was great two three years ago when he was in that mental prime but now maybe he's he's too too much in his head where a rookie is going to come in and just be like, uh, see ball, kickball. Uh, glad I got in the stadium. Let's have a nice day. Yeah. yeah. Kickers, kickers are an interesting, an interesting breed. I mean, look at what happened with Ray Finkel. You know, you got to watch out for those guys. Once the mind's gone. Yeah. They did an NFL films on Ray Finkel, right? Wasn't it? Uh, Sable was, uh, I can't, I don't know Sable? when it came out. Sable. You say Sable? Sable. I'm pretty sure. Steve Sable. Yeah, Sable. Sable. Sable's an interesting uh, pronunciation on it. Though. I like that. Sable. <laughs> yeah. There you go. One thing we'll I didn't realize about Lutz we'll is just beating the kicker thing to death is that he's the second leading scorer in Saints history. That's pretty crazy. His, his, that's the thing. His all-time stats make you – if you just you know jumped in from a time machine and you, you say you're cutting this guy, 
is second leading scorer. He's got, I think he's got the all time field goal percentage or second, something like that. It's like over the course of his Saints career, it looks great, but I agree with y'all. Last season sucked. I mean, it's hard to overlook. Yeah. Every kicker at some point turns into the, you know, they turn into a basket case and they just, they lose it. You, you lose it at some point. It just yeah. happens. So, you know, look, at least the rookie doesn't have like Sean Payton completely mind fucking him. Like, I felt bad for Hartley at times because, <laughs> like, Payton was like, like a evil character from a Disney movie at times where he was just like, Hartley didn't know what the hell Peyton was going to like. Sometimes he's hugging him. Other times he's barking at him. Uh, like I just remember Hartley, like, you know, all right. We, we have spent entirely too much time on kickers. <laughs> yeah. But I did, I did find it interesting that, that so Lutz, the reason I'm bringing it up now, he goes back to Sean Payton and all is well and good right now. He did a little interview and weather's nice and he's great to have a fresh start, but we know Sean, guess what? and the guess second what? he fucks up, Sean's going to just kick him out. I don't know Sean. Guess what, though? <laughs> or kick it, his it, ass. It, but it doesn't matter, because I'm going to quote a friend of the pod, Ryan, unfollowed. Yeah, unfollowed, that, all caps. He, he's, he's fucking gone. I could care less about Lutz at this point. He doesn't play. Just like Sean Payton. Doesn't coach for us. Don't care anymore. They're gone. Yep. Yep. I got to go check for the, all those unfollow, unfollowed. I think I saw one today but i know we're owed more we are i think ryan's slacking a little bit so someone should uh <laughs> shoot him a message on uh, twitter or, X a, or whatever we call a it big saints twitter issue unless cuts don't count you know maybe it's only no no, no 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 the cuts the cuts count man we gotta we gotta see it okay well we'll have to do our research on that um all right so we we go we went through the the core's final cuts and we acknowledged max or uh, being correct on his agent zero, uh, you stood you stood firm on him, and that was I did that was the correct. I move. told you, look, he he performed, and he has position versatility. Man, he plays corner and he plays safety. Same thing with Lonnie Johnson; he can play corner, he can play safety. Yeah, um, Zach Wood, uh, big big prediction by us there. He uh, ends up making the team as the yeah. long snapper. I, think he's the high, I feel like he's the <laughs> highest paid long snapper in the league. So that's yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, you need him. You know, there's, there's a reason they don't call his name during games because he's doing his job. Knock on wood that he just keeps doing it. Uh, all right, so the practice squad, I think everyone we were hoping would clear waivers for the most part did. Uh, that came through today. Uh, interesting how the Saints do their practice squad announcements. I mean, I guess maybe whether or not they have their full list right at the outset or if they deliberately trickled in everything until like what literally the last minute before they released their official list on their website. Um, but they had to have their practice squad submissions in, I think by 11. Um, yeah, but I mean the official, the official. Yeah. Yeah. They did yeah, so have, have to sign. Yeah. It doesn't, they were trickling out because that's how they were happening. Yeah, and then the NFL, the uh, the the transaction wire that updates at what three o'clock, four o'clock, something like that. So that's when you're going to get the official list, anyway. Yeah, like we well, shouldn't even be looking before then. Because all right, so we were happy about Merriweather on the practice squad. That's good. Shaq Davis, Shaq Davis, John Trey, Kirkland. John Trey uh, Lalos. Uh, yeah, 
Did I say that right? Yeah. Lalos? Sable? Steve Sable. Steve Sable. Uh, Lalos. Lalos. Um, Who else was a big one from the... uh, Trying to think. I don't know. The only only one I I wish we would have seen that we didn't is Smoke. But we covered that enough earlier. Uh, Lucas Quill was another one I would have liked to have seen get to the practice squad. Well, the way that shook out, it's like he... He went with Sean, like he chose. Yeah, them. he was never he was never here with Sean, so it's not like there's a connection. They just needed a tight end in Denver. Yeah, because yeah. they traded for one from us already, and are already disappointed. I'm sure. I guess we'll never truly know if, if you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you know what we even offered him, if we said, "Hey, come, come on back," or if he, you know, whether he rejected us or not, and went to because I saw some people putting that out there, like. He chose them over us, and it's well, like I don't know, that, maybe, maybe that's, not. That's, but who cares? You, like you got to look at it this way: there's opportunity in Denver. There's no opportunity for him. Right? We got two. Oh, it makes total. Ends. Yeah, I got we nothing have, against Crow. Well, we have four tight ends ahead of him. If you count Taysom as a tight end, he has no trajectory to where he can be like a starter or even play meaningful minutes in this offense. Jawan yeah. Johnson has a new contract. Foster Moreau has a new contract. Taysom's oh, yeah. still under his ridiculous contract. Jimmy Graham probably only a, a one-year contract, but still, like he's not cracking this rotation. No. If you look at Denver's tight end situation, he they play. traded Noah Fant. What last year they traded Noah Fant for Russ Wilson, part of that deal. This year they traded uh, the guy with the last name. I have no idea how to say. He was a second or a third round pick. Starts with so a no. Noah Fant at tight end, man. Yeah, they, but yeah. their starter's a decent player, I think. But after that, there's nothing. I think Lucas Kroll, whatever his name is. Is, it's uh, the kid from UCLA. Uh, yeah, Dolchich or Dol? How do you pronounce it? Dol Dolchich, I think. Dolchich, yeah. Yeah, Sable. But um, I, I think, uh, yeah, Kroll is destined to drop a pass in a playoff game because uh, Sat- uh, <laughs> Satan, uh, Sean Payton, is no stranger to that predicament. So he's got his guy. Looks great, but dropped them. I don't know. He looks like a, it looks like a guy that's just going to drop passes. Uh, unexpected. I mean, at the end of the day, Crawl is just going where he's got a clearer path to play in time. It has yeah. nothing to do with nothing him being him. a former coach or any of that shit. There's no connection. It's literally he's going to probably the worst tight end room in the league. Yep. Um, the other the other news out of today that was interesting is that uh, Ryan Connolly um, was kept, and Dennis Allen said that the uh, injury that we thought was going to be significant was not. Uh, he was actually on the practice field today. So I think that's a pretty good get for them on the practice squad to have him and, you know, n- him not have to be an IR guy necessarily. Uh, I mean, it's not earth shattering, but it was out of all the practice squad guys. I, I liked that one too. Um, the running back, it turns out that Merriweather was your guy. There was reports out there of Tony Jones Jr. Coming back. And then there was a little quip about, you know, uh, we were on our Twitter account. We were going back and forth with Ryan about it. You know, is that snip snap uh, tit for tat with Sean and DA, but uh, turns out Tony Jones Jr. Was not on our final practice squad list, nor was Mims from Buffalo. So I thought that was interesting. Probably like you're all talking about things happening during the day that didn't pan out. Um, so is there anything that y'all still have concern with after, now that we got the 53, the practice squad shook out, and like we said, there's still room for 
uh, guys that aren't in the building to be in the building in the next two weeks, but thoughts on the final, or at least the final initial setup. I'll, I'll say this, and I think Nick's going to say the same thing. I'd like to see another pass rusher. You know, yeah. maybe another running back. If, if, if Kareem Hunt would take uh, whatever contract they're offering, you know, someone like that. But, um, I mean, overall, the roster looks good. It's a talented roster. The starters from top to bottom, you know, one through – I'm not going to count the two special teamers, so we'll say one through 22. They look pretty good. Stacks up with any roster in the league. Um, some of the backups, you know, they're backups for a reason. Yeah. But I feel good about where we are going into week one. I think my – on my wish list is an experienced swing offensive lineman that we can bring in because I just, I don't know, man. I mean, like you said earlier in the episode, Sal DeBerry needs some time to develop. Uh, and I don't know how good I feel about throwing him out there in the first half of the season and just having it not Throckmorton. Obviously there's reasons they waived them, but somebody reliable uh, that can come in. As, that's, that's your seventh Offensive lineman. We expect eight nine to necessarily not be that great, but somebody else. That 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 would be my wish list. Yeah, for me it's Ed Rusher. The only other things I'd like to see is like we talked about Jalen get elevated. Um, and while I'm not upset about Roby getting cut, uh, I did like the idea of the depth with him on the roster. But yeah, I agree. With no injuries, that's not a problem. Probably with if we catch a couple injuries at that position, I, I'm gonna be a little worried. So that one was a little curious to me. But overall, I mean, I, I can't say I'm disappointed with with any of the moves or think any are unjustified. I think there's a case to be made for everything they did. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, like Max said, it for me, it's it's hard to say this is not an insanely or just really talented roster. I think they've got the right guys to control their own destiny. I mean, yeah, the Eagles look great or whatever, but I think we can put up a fight against most people in our conference with this roster. And that's all you're trying to do at this point in the year. Uh, but with that, which would be a good segue, we'll talk about the Saints' uh, chances as it relates to the rest of the conference. We'll talk about some season preview topics on our next episode. Uh, we're going to be coming at you with two episodes next week because next week will be the first official game week of the NFL season, uh, first NFL kickoff on Thursday. Uh, so we're going to have our season preview episode, and then our second episode next week will be uh, with a special guest, uh, friend of the pod. Uh, a lot of our listeners know our uh, next mystery guest rather well, and so we'll uh, we'll release that in the near future. Uh, keep up with our uh, follow us on Twitter at twenty to three podcast. Put a lot of stuff out on there. But uh, until next time, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. And uh, we'll catch you all next episode.